Genesis chapter 41 for a Bible reading tonight, the book of Genesis and the chapter 41. We're going to break into the end of the chapter, really. Uh, Joseph's been released from prison, interpreted the dreams to Pharaoh, and so we're going to break into the reading, Genesis chapter 41, and verse 41, we're going to commence to read at verse 41 of Genesis 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Sapnath Paneah, and he gave unto him Ishnath, the daughter of Padaphira, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities, and the food of the field, which was round about every city laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. And all the Joseph were born two sons before the years of the famine came, which Isnath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said he had made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteous that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go on to Joseph, and what he saith to you do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold on to the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all lands. Amen. We pray indeed the Lord will bless the reading of his word to all of our hearts. I'm going to turn in God's word to Genesis 41. Genesis chapter 41. The text is really found there at the end of verse 55. It was Pharaoh's message on to the people. And it says at the very end of verse 55, the Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go on to Joseph, what he saith to you do. And Pharaoh said unto the Egyptians, 
he says, go on to Joseph. And whatsoever he saith unto you, do. That's all. Pray. Let's pray God bless us here uh, tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you for being with us already and singing the hymns. I pray you bless us abundantly. If we would turn to your word, may we be blessed as we think of Christ. Lord, there's nothing like seeing Christ in a meeting. There's people here tonight needs to see thee. Your people needs to see thee, Lord. We think of that great hymn we've been singing, Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary. And Jesus is very near. And Lord, we need to know you're near us here tonight. And you think of the unsaved and the burden of sin. I pray that they'll look to Christ, that tonight they will find him who's altogether lovely and find him to be a great saviour. So we ask for thy help. I pray for the spirit of a living God to be given to me, Lord. And bless us around your word here tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Genesis is one of the greatest books in the Bible. Indeed, I would re-emphasize those words and say this. It's one of the greatest books in the world. And here's why I say that. Of course, it's the word of God. But historically, this book tells us how the world began. There are many people ask the question, how did the world began? Where did we come from? How is it we have life? Well, this book tells us. The very first chapter, Genesis 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so the lessons from this book of Genesis, the first chapter, very clear. God made the world. God created the world by the word of his power. And he made it in six days. And so people want to know the historical account of the beginning of the world. Then go to the Bible. It takes us right back to the beginning of time when God made the heavens and the earth. In the first chapter also, we're brought face to face with God. Did you know in the first chapter of Genesis, his name is mentioned around 32 times in 31 verses? Then he is mentioned by personal pronouns 12 times. And so in the very first page of this book, listen here tonight, we're brought face to face with God. That's why the world hates this book. This is why they hate the book of Genesis. It brings us face to face with God. God is in the page. Tells us about himself. He made the world, the heavens and the earth. One particular writer said, no wonder Satan hates this chapter. No wonder he has brought up his heavy artillery to discredit it in the minds of men. People laugh when they read Genesis chapter 1. People mock Genesis chapter 1. But I say to you tonight, Genesis chapter 1 is true. It brings us face to face with God. And he made the heavens and the earth. Of course, there are other historical accounts found within his pages. How does sin come into the world? Why is there death in the world? Well, read Genesis. 
And of course, there's the message of salvation found in the book of Genesis. Typically, it's a great book. It's full of Christ. And there are great types of the Lord Jesus Christ found in his pages. You take Noah when he built that ark. There's going to be a flood. There's going to be destruction. And God says to Noah, listen, I want you to build an ark. There was one ark. There was one refuge. There was one place of safety. It was in the ark. That's a great picture of Jesus Christ. There's only one saviour. You had to come through the door, in a sense. You had to trust him with all of your heart. But in the reading here, we have a tremendous type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is in the person of Joseph. A.W. Pink, I'm sure most people have heard of A.W. Pink, the great commentator of the Bible. He brought out 101 points of the type of Christ that's found in Joseph. Now, would you like me tonight to preach and say, I've got 101 points tonight. Well, we'll be here the next week, wouldn't we? And maybe the week after it. But he brought out 101 points of Christ, or Joseph, the type of Christ. Remember, he was the beloved son. Joseph was loved. Jesus Christ is the beloved son. Remember, Joseph was sold. So was the Lord Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. Remember, Joseph became a slave. The Lord Jesus became a slave in a sense. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Do you remember Joseph was sentenced? He was condemned. The Lord Jesus Christ was condemned for our sin upon the cross. Remember Joseph the Savior? And so is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's only about half a dozen of the points to type of Christ. And this is where we find Joseph here in our reading. After a number of years, he's brought up out of the prison cell. He had been placed there, of course, because they had lied against him. But there's a God in heaven, and the Bible tells us a number of times, but the Lord was with Joseph. And remember those words, when he was in darkness, when he was in the dungeon, when he was in distress, but it says this, the Lord was with Joseph. And that's the same with all of God's people. You're in a cell, you're in darkness, you're in distress. But remember this, the Lord is with you. He's with his people at all times. And Joseph was in this cell, and then at the right time, he came out. He was exalted. He was lifted up. He brought before Pharaoh the interpretation of the dreams that he had. And he tells him very simply, there's going to be a famine in the land. There's going to be danger. There's going to be death. There's misery in the land here. There's a man in the land, is Joseph. And then there was this message in the land. Because we told him what he had to do. Pharaoh said to them, all the people, in the times of famine, in the times of trouble, friends. It's very simple what he told them. There's only one message he could tell them. And here's what it was. Remember, there was dearth. Remember, there was danger. Remember, there was death. There was only one message. Go on to Joseph. That's the only message he had for Go on to Joseph. And I have no other message to preach to you tonight in this pulpit 
or preaching this land to people who's lost without Jesus Christ to go on to Jesus Christ. No other message. You go to him. And I want to say three very simple things about this message. First of all, the sovereignty of the message. You see, it says here in our text, verse 55, And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And notice the words, And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go on to Joseph. Notice the sovereignty of the message. Pharaoh said. You see, here is a message from the king. He is king over all the land of Egypt at this time. And it is him who's given out this message. It's not somebody on the streets. No, no, it's Pharaoh himself. He's the king. He's the king of this nation. There is none like him in a sense, humanly speaking, in this whole land. And Pharaoh cries out. He cries out, go on to Pharaoh, or go on to Joseph. See, the stamp of authority was upon it. You read back the previous chapters, you'll see that Joseph, he interpreted dreams for Pharaoh. He lifted him up, he exalted Joseph into a place of great power. He became a ruler of the land. And so when the people cried on to the king, he says, go to Joseph. And know what he was doing here? He was showing the people Joseph's great power. Joseph's great power here. You see that in his dominion because in chapter uh, 41, verse 41, he says, see, I have set him over, listen, all the land of Egypt. And in verse 43, it says at the end of that verse, and he made him ruler, listen, over all the land of Egypt. And so when Pharaoh here is crying out to the people, go on to Joseph. Listen, Joseph is a man of authority. Joseph is in a place of power. He is ruler over all the land. He made a ruler over all the land of Egypt. And he sees power in his dominion. Of course, he can see it in his dress because it tells him in verse 42, Pharaoh took his ring, this ring, listen, that he had of his hand. And where did he put this ring? Well, you can see what he did with it. He put it upon Joseph's hand. And Joseph had this ring of the king, this symbol that he's ruler, that he's powerful. And then it tells us in verse 42, and he read him in vestures of fine linen. There's raiment placed upon him, like a real robe. A kingly robe is placed upon Joseph. Then it tells us about how he puts this necklace around his neck and he makes him to ride in a chariot. See, Joseph is exalted. He's lifted up. And he's crying on to the people here, go to Joseph. You see here the sovereignty of this message. Joseph is the ruler of the land. See it in his dominion. See it in his dress and in the decoration. Because in verse 43 it tells us that he made him to ride, listen, in the second chariot. Which he had and the cry before him bowed the knee. And you see what was happening? Joseph was being taken through the streets here of Egypt. And the people were crying, bow the knee, bow the knee here to Joseph. He's a man of authority. He's a man of great power. And that's why here we have Pharaoh saying to the people, go to Joseph. You have the sovereignty here of this message. The king said, Now, as I look around the world today, what do we see? Well, we see death. We see sin abounding in every hand. Destruction. 
Listen, sorrow, tears, hearts are broken. People's lives are held in captivity of sin. And they're lost without Jesus Christ. There's a spiritual famine in the land. And what is the message we have for people today? Well, it's very simple. Go to Jesus Christ. I have no other message. That's the message of the gospel. It's the message of the Bible. We do not seek to point you to anyone else but Jesus Christ. That's the sovereign message of the word of the living God. Go to Jesus Christ. We don't send you to none other. The Lord Jesus himself, remember, he says, come unto me. All your labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's calling people to himself. We don't send people to the law of God because the Bible is very clear over in Galatians chapter 2 and the verse 16 that we're not justified by the works of the law. There's no good sending you to the commandments. Well, the commandments are very good and right. But the commandments will not help you in the famine. Because when you put your life to the law of God, it shows us the trouble. It shows us our sin. That we're lost without Jesus Christ. It's like a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. Look who's sending you, my friends, to the law of God. And we're not sending you to your works. The Bible says salvation is not of works. There's any man should boast. But the message is very clear. The same message that Pharaoh preached. Go to Jesus. That's the message. Are you burdened down tonight in this meeting? Troubles or sorrows or sin? What is the message? Go to Jesus. There's no other message. There's no one else who can help you. If you're all saved tonight in this meeting, there's no one else can save your soul. None but Jesus Christ. In John 4 and verse 42, it says, The Father sent the Son, listen, to be the Savior of the world. He sent them down from heaven. He's the Savior of the world. Well, in a sense here in Egypt, there was one who was the Savior of the people. Listen, his name was Joseph. And that's why Pharaoh says to him, listen, you better get to Joseph. And I said to all unsaved people tonight, Go to Christ. Go to him. With all your sin, go to him. Just, just go the way you are. In your fears and doubts and troubles. And bow the knee. There are people who were called upon here to bow the knee to Joseph. Bow the knee to Christ. You need somebody. Somebody who can save you from death. Somebody who can save you from destruction. The Lord Jesus, that one. Peter, preaching over in Acts chapter 5 and verse 31, here's what it said of the Lord Jesus Christ. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a saviour for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. Notice the words, him hath God exalted. And this happened to Joseph. Remember, Joseph was down in the dungeon. He was held in chains. He was a prisoner, but he was exalted. He was lifted up to be ruler over all the land, for all the land. And Jesus Christ died Went into the grave, came up again. God exalted him to be a prince and saviour. And so we have the sovereignty of the message here in, these, in this particular passage, friends. Go to Jesus Christ for salvation. 
He alone, listen, he alone has the power to save you. Do you believe he can save you? Do you believe it? Unsaved person tonight in this meeting, do you believe that Christ can save you and take you to heaven? Do you believe that his blood can wash away all your sin? Do you believe it? He said, well, I think he might. Or I hope. No, no, no. You must believe that Jesus saves and his blood washes white on the snow. The cry is very simple here. In a time of dearth, in a time of famine, in a time of trouble, the people run about like headless chickens. They didn't know what to do. Well, the message was very clear. Go to Joseph. Unsaved, can I say to you, go to Christ. If I could bring you to Christ, I would. Might need a bit of help, of course, with a few other men in the meeting, but we would bring you. I would do all. You wouldn't get out of the meeting tonight if we had to bring you. We would plan it between ourselves and listen, so and so's not saved, and we need to bring them, and we're going to bring them. By hook or by crook, we are going to bring them to Christ, but we can't do it. You must come yourself. And so we have here the sovereignty of this message. Pharaoh said, and the message from the king, from the God of heaven and earth, is go to Christ. That's where he sends us. And then we have here, secondly, the simplicity of the message. Now, there's nothing complicated by the words of Pharaoh here at all. No, no, I don't believe it. Three words go on to Joseph. Can you imagine going to Pharaoh? Pharaoh, listen, my family's in great trouble. There's dearth, there's famine, there's going to be death. Oh, what are we going to do? Go on to Joseph. Well, that was very clear, wasn't it? He didn't say, well, what did you say? Well, what do you mean? No, no, friends. The simplicity of the message was, go on to Joseph. Are you starving? Do you need food? Do you need help? Then go, go to Joseph. It's the simplicity of this message. Go directly to him. There, there was no go-between. There's no go-between here at all. After all, he's a man who controlled the whole thing. You had to go to him. He's over the storehouses. It says in Genesis 41, verse 56, and the famine was over all the face of the earth. Notice these words. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold on to Egyptians. You see, Joseph opened up all of the storehouses. You go directly to him. He's a man in charge of this because he's a man who planned it. Remember when Pharaoh had the dreams? Troubling dreams. For Joseph was a man who interpreted the dreams to him. He told him that he, what he was to do. Verse 34, verse 35. He took up the fifth part of a land in seven plenteous years. And he was to gather all the food of those good years. And he was to bring him into storehouses. See, Joseph, he planned all this. He's telling Pharaoh, here's what you've got to do. There's going to be seven plenteous years, but gather the fifth part. Gather it all together. Store it up. That's why he says in verse 48, and he gathered up all the food of the seven years. Listen, Pharaoh is obeying what Joseph said. He gathered up all of the corn. He put it all into different storehouses in different cities, you see. Go on to Joseph. 
Here's why. He had everything the people needed. He had it all. He opened the storehouses. He planned the storehouses. It was him who says, gather up the fifth part and bring into the city, into the storehouses. He had storehouses in different cities. He's a man in control. He's a ruler over all of these things. And Joseph has what everybody needs. They need a corn. And Joseph was a man. And so the simplicity of this message, friends, is very simple. Go to this man. Go to this man who planned it all. Who, who gathered up the corn. The building of the storehouses. Who gathered all of this corn in. He's a man in control. He's opened up all of the storehouses. And go to him. He has got what you need. And that's the simplicity of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's very simple, friends, here tonight. Everything you need, listen here tonight. If you're all saved in this meeting tonight, I want you to listen to me. Everything you need is found in Jesus Christ. That's why the message of the gospel is simple. You need life tonight. You'll find it in Jesus Christ. You need forgiveness of sins tonight. You'll find it in Jesus Christ. You need righteousness. Because our old righteousness are like filthy rags. You need to be covered in his righteousness. You need to go to Jesus Christ. He has all these things that you need. In 1 John 5 and verse 11, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And notice these words, and this life is in a son. Notice that. Where's eternal life? That's in a son. When you get a Jehovah Witness and I am coming to your door, ask them the question. Ask them, do I have to become a Jehovah's Witness to get eternal life? Do I have to join your organization to get eternal life? And show them that verse. Eternal life, where is it? Where can we find it? It's in a son. It's in Jesus Christ. You see, the Father planned it all. He planned all of this. He sent his Son into this world, born of the Virgin Mary. In Matthew 1, verse 21, it was said of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I shall call his name Jesus. For he's to save his people from their sins. And it tells us here, he's come into this world to be our Savior. Your Father planned it all. The Lord Jesus lived a perfect life, a life without sin. The Bible tells us that over and over again about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ here on this world. He never sinned. He knew no sin. In 2 Corinthians, for instance, chapter 5 and the verse 21, for he's made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. The Lord Jesus never sinned. He never sinned, my friends, in word or thought or deed. But I can't say that about myself. And tonight in this meeting, you cannot say that about yourself. Because the Bible is very clear. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You have sinned. I have sinned. Everybody in the world, everybody thinking tonight in this town, land of Kerry Duff, has sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Christ never sinned. See, God is building up this great theme of salvation. 
And then, of course, he died. He's wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. He died. He suffered. He went through the wrath of God. He cried out upon the cross at Calvary, My God, my God, why, why has he forsaken me? You see, dear friends, he's dying. He's providing salvation for us. He paid it all. There's no other way. Of course, it's resurrection. He rose again from the dead. And all these things is found in Jesus Christ. So go to Christ. The simplicity of this message. We need him. You need righteousness. You need forgiveness of sins. You need salvation. You need eternal life. You need somebody to save your soul. So the message is very simple. You go to Jesus Christ. Oh, dear friends, can I say, there's a great fullness of provision in Jesus Christ. The storehouses here of Joseph was filled. You couldn't count your blessings you have in Jesus Christ. Not right, child of God tonight, but rather have Jesus than silver and gold. There's not one of us would give Christ up for the things of the world. Not one of us. Take the world, listen. Forgive me, Jesus. There's everything in him. The spiritual riches, the Bible talks about Ephesians 3 and verse 8, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Think of that mercy that's in that storehouse. In Psalm 145 and verse 8, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. There's forgiveness in this storehouse. The forgiveness of sins, Ephesians 1 and verse 7. I want you to notice this tonight. On a person in this meeting, every sin of yours can be forgiven if you come to Jesus Christ. You come to him. It's all in this storehouse. It's all in it. There's love in it. Oh, there's nothing like the love of God, the love of Christ. There's joy. There's life. I am come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. There's peace in this storehouse, the peace of God that passes all understanding, which passes all understanding. So keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, you're looking for life tonight. Are you looking for forgiveness tonight? Are you looking for mercy? Then go to Joseph. Come to Jesus Christ, friends, just the way you are. Come and trust him. And so this is the simplicity of this message. You have to go directly to him. Now, I can help you. I'm like a signpost. That's really all it is. When I do missions, I say to people, you don't have to talk to me. But if you want to talk to me, I'll be willing to help you. But I'm only a signpost. I, you come to me, I says, you go to Joseph. You go to Joseph. Just go the way you are to him tonight and ask him to save your soul and to forgive you. This simplicity of this message. And go not directly, go quickly to him. When the people when Pharaoh cried to when the people cried to Pharaoh, he said, Go to Joseph. They cried to him. They were famishing. They were going to die. And they cried to him. And immediately, immediately he said to them, Go to Joseph. Oh dear friends, can I say to you tonight in this meeting? Isaiah 10, verse 12, sums it up, sums it up tonight if you're unconverted. It's time to seek the Lord. I say that again tonight. Because there may be some in this meeting who sits and listens to the gospel being preached and you're not safe. Listen, it's time you, for you to seek the Lord. Go quickly. He doesn't know when you're going to die. He could die in a moment. 
and be lost in hell for all eternity. You need to go to Christ. This is the simplicity of this message of the gospel. Go only to Jesus Christ. Everybody had to go to, to Joseph, no matter where you are. If you lived in the land of Egypt, verse 55, and when all the land of Egypt was famished, he said, go to Joseph. But they were not the only people who had to go. Look at verse 57. And all the countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn. So no matter where they were from, Syria, Arabia, Palestine, Canaan, dear friends, the simple message Go to Joseph. And that's the gospel. There's only one message. Why, what land you're from tonight, the simple message is go to Jesus Christ. Come to him. This is the simplicity here of this message. Go on to Joseph. And that's a cry from this pulpit. I'm sure all the ones, Mr. McLaughlin preaches his gospel just to see him. And others, you've had missions from Mr. McRae. And all our people come. It's all the same message. We have no other message. There's no other saviour. There's no other hope for you. Unsaved personally. But you come to Jesus Christ. No other message. The simple message of the gospel. Is go to Christ. Go to him. The responsibility towards the message. Because notice. He says to here. Go on to Joseph. And what he saith to you do. Uh, they were go to Joseph. Remember this now. This was a clear command. It was not enough to hear about Joseph. Well, maybe they could hear about him. Have you heard about this Hebrew man who spent the time in jail? He's been exalted. He's ruler of the land. He, he's a great brain. Seemingly, this great God is with him. And he can interpret dreams. He's now a ruler. He has great authority. He has great power. Friends, it was not enough to hear about Joseph. It's not enough to read about him, either. They could have got the Gypsum News and said about this man, Joseph. Oh, that seemed to be a good man. It was not enough to talk about him. No, no. I'm sure they did all those three things. But they had to go to him. They had to go to him. And that, my friends... They would obey. What's your every? He tells it. You, we don't take time to look at it. But Joseph did tell them what to do. In Genesis 47, verse 14 and 15, about money. They, they give their money to Joseph. And when the money was gone, in verse 16, they give their cattle. Then they give their lands. That he bought all the land. He bought all the land here of Egypt. All of it. But they came to Joseph. And they listened. And they obeyed the voice of Joseph. But they said in Genesis 47, verse 25, notice these words. Here's what they said about Joseph. Thou hast saved our lives. That's what they said. Thou hast saved our lives. Because they went to Joseph. They listened to Joseph. And friends, they obeyed Joseph. And they looked back and said, listen, thou hast saved us. Thou hast saved our lives. Oh, dear friends, the message of the gospel is just the same. It's not enough for you to read about Christ. That is important. It's not enough for you to hear, and that is very important as well. It's not enough for you just to talk about this. Maybe you're talking about it a long time, about getting right with God and being saved. No, no, friends, that's not enough. You must go to Christ. You must come to him. 
You must come to him for salvation. And he tells us what we are to do. He tells us that we are to repent from our sin, repent and believe in the gospel. We are to turn away from our sin and come to Jesus Christ. We are to put our faith in him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I shall be saved. We are to follow him. He tells us what we are to do. Repent and believe the gospel. Trust him to be your savior. Be washed in his blood. And he says, I will save you. That's what he tells you. He doesn't ask for your money. He doesn't ask for it. It's without money, friends, and without price. It's free. It's a free salvation. Jesus paid it all on the cross. And all he asks you to do is to trust him and to accept his offer of salvation. That's as we said. It's like Joseph holding out the corn, the corn to this people. And say, listen, come, come and take it. Come, there it is. And they come and they look at it. And they come and talk about it. It's not enough. Dear friends, it's not enough for you to look at this. It's not enough for you to talk about this. You must come to Christ. And I'm glad the day I came to Christ the way I was. And I took it. I'll be 35 years next year. And life has never been the same since, friends. He saw his face completely. His blood washes whiter than the snow. He gives us eternal life. He fills us with his spirit. He puts joy and peace into our hearts and minds. Oh, the blessings. We couldn't count them. We couldn't count the blessings the Lord has bestowed upon us. And listen, for the child of God, there's more to come. More to come. We're going home to heaven. And what blessings. We want you there. But you must, you must obey us. The Bible talks about those who obeyed not the gospel. And that's you in the meeting. If you're unsaved here tonight, you've never come to Christ. You've never repented from your sin. You've never put your faith in him. Listen, I said earlier on, the church cannot save you. You cannot save yourself. You cannot work your way to heaven. You need a savior. These people in the days of Pharaoh, they needed someone who could help them, someone who could save them. Remember I said, they said, they have saved our lives. You need somebody to save you. And that one is Christ. He's a savior. And here's the great news. If you come the way you are tonight, as you leave this meeting, you'll have eternal life. Not wonderful? You'll find all you need in him tonight. Mercy, forgiveness of sins, eternal life. If you just come to him, and bow the knee. These people are told to bow the knee. Bow the knee before Christ. And ask him to save you. Even as we close our meeting in a word of prayer. You ask him to save you. You ask him to take away your sins. And trust him. And he will hear your prayer tonight. And give you everlasting life. Just go and close our meeting in a wee word of prayer. Time is gone. And they would like to speak with us. We'll be glad to speak with you. But do come and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ.